So before we go and recap, we're going to turn to Hebrews 4.12, Hebrews 4.12. So if you don't know it by heart, most of the BTW Kingdom Warriors, we know it by heart. But if you don't know it by heart, um, turn to Hebrews 4.12 and we're going to go ahead on and we're going to quote it. Hebrews 4.12. Amen. God bless you, Sister I believe, I believe the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I believe. We believe that God's word is true and that it is the foundation of our life, that we don't add from God's word, nor do we take it away. The word of God is spoken. And when the word of God is spoken, it's a yes, Lord, and an amen. We take the word of God and we apply it to our life. We live out the word of God. We do not read the word of God and walk away from it as if it has never been read and it doesn't exist. We believe in the word of God. Amen. Amen. Last week we discussed the character of a kingdom husband. And we're gonna go over those points again. So when we go into number 10, which we left off at number nine, we're going to have recapped. A kingdom husband is created by God for a purpose. A kingdom husband is created by God for a purpose. And that's in Genesis, the first chapter, the 26th to the 28th verse. Men, kingdom men, kingdom husbands, you are created for a purpose. You are not just created just to live and breathe and move and go to work. You are created for a kingdom purpose. And I'm going to stop here and I'm going to say, forgive society, kingdom men, men of God who are really wanting to work um, in, in the ways of God and the things of God, forgive society. We have taken away from you the God-given authority and dominion that God has given to you. Kingdom men, you are created for a purpose. You are created for a reason. And we're going to go over some of these reasons. Now, this is part two that we're entering into. I'm going over part one. We'll have part three next week. But it does not mean that that's the end. It means that there's so much more for a kingdom husband. Okay, number one. Created by God for a purpose. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Kingdom 2. I mean, number 2. A kingdom husband is employed. A kingdom husband is employed. Okay, women. <laughs> if your kingdom husband comes to you and say to you, God said you are my wife. Because men are using that now. I want you to understand that, women. Men are using the sentence, 
God said, you are my wife because they know that there are many women out there. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to any woman or to any man, but there are many women out there who are so desperate when they hear the word, God said that you are my wife, they jump at it. They don't look to see if that is the man that God has for them because you are someone's helpmate, not just someone's wife or someone's concubine or someone's bed partner or to wash their clothes or to keep their house clean. You are a helpmate. That means that if you are a helpmate, you are already going toward that man is in position. And we're going to talk about that. He is already headed toward the purpose that God has for him. So don't be fooled when a man comes and say, you are my wife. God said you're my wife. Let him prove that. Amen. Is he employed? Amen. Can he take care of you? Amen. Okay, and that's in Genesis 2, 7 through 10. Number three, a kingdom husband is in position to hear from God, to receive instructions from God. A kingdom husband cannot lead if God is not leading him. A kingdom husband needs to hear from God so that he can get his instructions from God on how to lead not only his house, but how to guide his ministry. Genesis 2, 15 through 17. A kingdom husband has a trusted partnership with God. Here's that key word, trusted. That means God trusts him and he trusts God. Genesis, the second chapter and the 19th verse. A kingdom husband understands his wife is defined by God as a help meet. Amen. Number five, listen to that. A kingdom husband understands his wife is defined by God as a help meet. That's what God said in Genesis 2, 18 and 20 that the man needed a help me. That means women, when you are asked to be married and you're a kingdom woman and you say yes to that marriage, you say, yes, I will be your wife. You are saying, yes, I will be your helpmate. You are saying, yes, I'm going to walk alongside of you. I'm going to come alongside of you to help you be all that God has ordained for you to be that you can walk in the way and the purpose and the plan that God has given to you. I am your helpmate. That means when something comes upon you and you don't understand, I know how to get on my knees and pray for you. I know how to set aside money that you may not even know. So when times is tough and you're worried, I can pull that money out and say, baby, look, I've been saving this for you because I'm a helpmate. See, a wife is to be a help meet not to be under the kingdom man's feet not feet matt help meet that means she walks alongside of him okay number six a kingdom husband recognizes his wife as a help meet from god okay but i thought you just said that no i didn't just say that number five i said a kingdom husband understands that his wife is defined by God as a helpmate. He understands that. He hears that. I understand that my wife is my helpmate. And that's what God says. 
So when he sees his wife, recognizes a kingdom husband, recognizes that his wife is a help meet from God. There are many women out here in this world, many nationalities, age, sizes, the whole nine yards. However, when a kingdom man sees his help meet as defined by God, he recognizes her. Adam recognized Eve when he looked at her. You are bone of my bone. You are flesh of my flesh. I will call you woman because he recognized who she was. How did he recognize her? Because she looked like him. She did not look like the giraffe or the elephant or the lizard or the bird or the cat or the rat or the ant. She looked like him. He recognized her. A kingdom husband will recognize his wife as a helpmeet from God, from God, from God. That means that if his ministry is the kingdom of God, then she has a ministry too that's going to align with his ministry. She's going to have a desire for the things of God like he has a desire for the things of God. So when she comes alongside of him, she is his helpmeet. She's not pulling him away from the things of God. She's helping him to walk into the things of God. That's a helpmeet. Number seven, a kingdom husband leaves his mother and father and cleave unto his wife. Okay, he leaves mom and dad. He leaves that position as mama's boy and he becomes a husband. He leaves and cleaves a kingdom husband. Number eight, a kingdom husband knows that when that marriage takes place, that wedding night, there is a consummation of that marriage. And the scripture says, they shall be one flesh. Now, here's the deal. You can't be one flesh with every woman. You can't be one flesh with Jane over here, Sue over here, Mary over here, Tanika over here, jo Joanna over here, Susie Mary, um, Bonquisha over here. You can't be one flesh with everybody. Because when you start being one flesh with everybody, what happens is that now you have soul ties with everybody around the world that you don't, you don't, so you men call it, not kingdom men, because kingdom men don't do this. You got another notch in my belt. Well, see, a kingdom man is not looking for notches in his belt. He's looking for that one wife that is a helpmate so that he can have one flesh and he consummates that one flesh on the night of the wedding. So you say, well, what if I've already done that and I've already had multiple partners? Okay, so if you're a kingdom man, then that means that you've asked God to forgive you. That means you've repented. That means that you're going into your second virginity because I know men who say, you know what, I'm celibate. I've been celibate for a year. I've been celibate for two years. I've been, and I'm going to wait for God to send me my wife. 
So now you have stepped into the role of a kingdom man because you have a purpose. You understand that you have a purpose and you have stepped into position. So you're waiting to consummate that marriage for wedding night. Number nine, a kingdom husband is not ashamed of his wife. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about arm candy. I'm not talking about she got it all the hips and the dips in the right places. I'm talking about the man that's not ashamed to say, this is my wife. This is my helpmeet. There was no shame between Adam and Eve. There was nothing hidden. They were transparent. They were exposed one to another. A kingdom husband will not keep his wife hidden because he knows that she is God's divine purpose and plan for his life. She is his helpmate. Throughout marriage, a kingdom husband must be in position and stay in position. When a kingdom man loses his position, he has opened the door to satanic suggestions, pitfalls, distractions, and failures. The goal of, a, of Satan is to steal, kill, and destroy. And we're going to talk about that a little later. We're going to talk about how Satan comes to kill the purpose, kill the dream, steal the destiny that God has for you as a kingdom man, and you will be killed. Because that's the last one, steal, kill, and destroy, right? He wants to destroy the person. So this takes us to step number 10. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Number 10. Again, we're talking about kingdom husbands. Number 10. Kingdom husbands knows God as Lord of his life. A kingdom husband will know God as Lord of his life. That's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 and 5. Let's turn there. A kingdom husband cannot lead a kingdom wife if God is not head of his life. Mm. A kingdom husband cannot lead a kingdom wife if God is not head of his life. Now, uh, any man can lead any woman. A kingdom husband can lead any woman, but a kingdom husband will only look for a kingdom wife. And a kingdom husband can only lead a kingdom wife if God is the head of his life. That means that you get your directions and your instructions from God and God alone. God is the one that leads. God is the one that moves and have his being. In Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. So why? Although you want to be number one, God has to be number one in that kingdom husband's life. He needs time with God. 
He needs time to fast. He needs time to pray. He needs time to study. He needs time to iron, iron sharpens iron. A kingdom husband can only lead a kingdom wife when God is the head of his life. That's number 10. Please understand that. You cannot lead if you are not a follower of Christ. Number 11, a kingdom husband has the mind of Christ, so he knows how to lead. A kingdom husband has the mind of Christ. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, 11 through 16. Second Corinthians, the second chapter. I'm sorry, first Corinthians, forgive me. First Corinthians, second chapter. First Corinthians. The kingdom husband has the mind of Christ, so he knows how to lead. So verse number 10, is that God is ahead of his life. He's Lord of his life. Number 11 is that he has a mind of Christ. He cannot have the mind of Christ if God is not the head of his life, if God is not the Lord of his life. He cannot have the mind of Christ, therefore he can't lead. Because in order for a kingdom man to lead his home, he has to give his get his instructions from somewhere. The scripture says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The kingdom man does not go to the streets to get counsel on how to lead his wife, on how to run his home. But that's where a lot of men are getting their counsel from because they're walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, man, you know, I wouldn't take that from her. You know, I would make sure she had my dinner ready for me every night. Man, I wouldn't, man, you need to shut up because what God says is what is in the word and the kingdom man will listen to the voice of God. The kingdom man has the man of the, the mind of Christ. The kingdom man already knows if he dishonors his wife, he can't get a prayer through. And he's going to have to stand before God. Remember, kingdom men, when you pass this life, when you transition from this earth into the kingdom of God, you're going to stand before God as a husband. How did you relate to your wife as a husband? How did you relate to your first wife? How did you relate to your second wife? How did you relate to your third wife? Because you're going to be responsible for every last one. You're going to have to stand before God and give an account of how you dealt with your wife slash wives. Be ready for it, kingdom man. Be ready for it. Second, first Corinthians, second chapter. Start at the 11th verse. Remember, we're talking about the mind, the, the mind of Christ. The kingdom man has the mind of Christ, so he knows how to lead. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. That means that uh, the spirit that's inside the man knows the spirit of God. And if the spirit of God that's inside the man is in union with the spirit of God, there is unity and oneness 
and that man has the ability to hear from God. Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That means a man that has the mind of Christ does not listen to the worldly teachers. I don't care what Tony Robbins said. If it's not Tony Evans, I don't want to hear it. If it's not the Holy Word of God, I don't want to hear it. I don't care how much money he makes. I don't care where he lives. I don't care how big his house is. If he is not abiding by the Word of God, kingdom man you are to close your ears to that because that's worldly teaching that is not the teaching of god number 14 but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of god the natural man that means that flesh man it cannot receive the things of god because it goes against the things of god the scripture says as we keep on but they are foolishness unto him Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So <laughs> people say, you know, KJV, I don't understand it. So, so let me break it down for you so that you can understand it. Spiritual things. When a man walks with God, he is spiritually discerning the things of God. So the things of the world are foolishness to him. They're foolishness. I can't follow that. I can't do what you're suggesting for me to do because it's foolishness to me. Because I follow the ways of God. I am discerning the way and the will of God that God would have for me to be. Why? Because number one, I am led by God. Number two, I have the mind of Christ. Number 15. But he that is spiritual... But he that is spiritual judges all things, but he himself is judged of no man. For who have, known the, who have known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. The kingdom man has the mind of Christ. Amen. I love it. Number 12. The kingdom man is still in position long after the wedding day. The kingdom man does not walk in position until he finds his helpmeet. He continues in that holy position. He continues in that spiritual position long after marriage. He doesn't drop it off to the wayside. First John, turn with me to first John, the second chapter. And the 24th verse. We're at the back of the book. First John. Second chapter. First John. Second chapter. 24th verse. The kingdom man is still in position long after the wedding. He is still in position. Let 
that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. Abide means dwell. Abide means stay there. Let the Holy Spirit that led you to find your helpmeet, because a kingdom man will only marry his helpmeet. He's not going to marry what the world thinks he should marry. He's going to marry his helpmeet. So you don't drop the Holy Spirit off once you get married. You need the Holy Spirit to continue to be a kingdom husband to that kingdom woman because God will only move you and, and allow you to marry the woman that's the kingdom woman. Now, there are some exceptions. I'm, I'm, I, I, I must put a clause in here. Hosea was told to marry Gomer and Gomer wasn't a kingdom woman. But he did it out of obedience. Gomer, Hosea married Gomer out of obedience to God because God wanted to show the world that he was married to the adulterer, the backslider. So there are exceptions, but make sure you get godly counsel in that. If God is telling you to marry in, in, in a situation that's outside of you marrying a kingdom wife, other than that, a kingdom woman a kingdom woman is your helpmate okay number 13 number 13 a kingdom husband does not hit or abuse his wife she is now a part of him his rib turn with me to ephesians the fifth chapter A kingdom husband does not hit his wife, push his wife, beat his wife, shoot his wife, kill his wife, mentally abuse his wife, physically abuse his wife, spiritually abuse his wife, financially abuse his wife, sexually abuse his wife. That's not what a kingdom husband does. Nor does a kingdom husband, and we'll talk about this later, withhold intimacy from his wife. Because it's getting to the place now where more and more wives that I've been talking with and counseling, the husband is withholding himself from her as a form of punishment. God's going to deal with you when you stand before him in the kingdom. Ephesians 5, 28 through 33. I know this may be hard for some men to listen to, and that's okay because I've given you scripture and I'm backing everything up with scripture. So you read what thus said the Lord of God, thus said the word of God, thus said the Lord. That's why we start every scripture out with Hebrews 4.12. I believe that the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to divide and asunder of the soul and the spirits and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This is God's word. This is not my word. This is his word. God is calling the men. If you're not married, be kingdom husbands. If you are married, be kingdom men, employees. God is calling our nation, our Christian nation to rise up. 
It is no more business as usual. Church cannot go back to church as usual. We need kingdom people, kingdom who are ready to stand up for righteousness, who are ready to build a kingdom from God, who are ready for sanctification, holiness, purity in the name of Jesus. So if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. But you know, when you stand before God, he's going to hold you accountable. And he's going to say, um, Gabriel, roll it. Because I know that there was a servant down there on earth that did tell some men about being a kingdom husband. And you listened. See, if you don't want to hear it, turn it off. Unfollow. Don't listen. Because every time you listen, every time you come back on, you are held accountable to being a kingdom husband. This nation needs you. We talk about President Trump. We talk about those, those political things that are taking place. But guess what? They don't live in your home. You do, kingdom husband. You do, kingdom wife. And I'll be talking about the wives when I'm finished. You do. God is calling for the kingdom husbands to rise up and take your rightful place with authority and dominion and holiness and righteousness and sanctification and purity. God is calling you. Number 13. He does not hit, abuse his wife, a kingdom husband. She is a part of his rib, a part of you. Do you get up in the morning and beat yourself? Did you, do you get up in the morning and hit you, push you, shove you, say nasty things to you? Do you do that in the morning to you? Do you spiritually abuse you? Do you financially, when you want to go and get some coffee, do you tell yourself, no, you can't have no coffee? No, you go get it, right? Mm -hmm. Amen. Number 28. <laughs> yes, I'm passionate. I'm passionate about what I speak because it's time. We There are too many people in this world that knows Christ, but you're 007 Christians, you're 007 kingdom warriors, you're hiding your light under a bushel. You're not standing for Christ. You're not living for Christ. And if you do, you pretend. You only do it outside when you go to church so you can look good. And everybody can say, what a wonderful husband you have. But when you get home, you mistreat your wife and your children. You abuse them. God said no. God said no. Ephesians 5, 28. So men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. When you get up in the morning, you wash your body, you put your socks on, you take care of you. Take care of your wife the same way, kingdom man, that you take care of you. And if you throw yourself around and you mistreat you, you're not a kingdom man. And so you're not married to a kingdom woman. But if you want a good, healthy marriage, then become that kingdom man and she'll become that kingdom woman. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. You cannot be a kingdom man and have a kingdom wife and don't love her. God said, love, husbands, love your wives. It is a command of God. It is not an option. Verse 29, for, the man, for no man ever hated his own flesh 
but he nourished it and cherished it even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. There's the instructions. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, see that you reverence your husband. And we'll talk about wives in another series. Right now I'm talking about the kingdom husband. And the scripture says that this is a mystery. You know why it's a mystery? Because husbands, you're supposed to represent Christ. Your wife represents the church, the bride. Christ gave his life for the church. He laid it down. He shed his blood. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was rejected. The beard was pulled. The hairs of his beard was pulled from his face. They put thorns on his head and the thorns made his head bleed. He did that. His wife church and you can't do that for your wife you say well she's not worthy but you married her so when you become that kingdom husband she'll become that kingdom wife because inside of every woman is a desire to have a husband that knows how to lead a husband that is a spiritual man that knows his way with God, that has a relationship with God because God said that that was a part of the fall and your desire shall be toward your husband. So that's innate. That's inside of her. You become the kingdom man that you're supposed to be and she will be the kingdom woman. Man, if you're looking for a wife, look for the kingdom woman. Not just what she looks like on the outside. Not just because she got long fingernails or she got hips from hither to yither or, or whatever. She got a flat six pack or whatever. Whatever it is that, that you're looking for in a woman that makes your eyes pop out. That's not a kingdom woman if she doesn't follow Christ. Now you may be blessed to have a kingdom woman that you know has all those things that you like. Which would be great. But if you're not a kingdom man, then you're only going to look at the flesh. You're not going to look at who she is in Christ Jesus. Because I tell you this, if that kingdom woman says she's a kingdom woman and she let you in her bed, she's not a kingdom woman. Okay. The next one, number 14. <laughs> a kingdom husband has made a covenant with his eyes. His eyes is for his wife. A kingdom husband has made a covenant with his eyes and his eyes is for his wife. Turn with me to Job. Job, the 31st chapter. And we're going to look at verses one. Verses seven, verses nine through eleven. Job was a man of integrity. God said that he was an upright man. He was a man of righteousness. And Job said, verse one, I made a covenant 
with my eyes, why then should I look upon a maid? Mm. Kingdom men. And God is having me to say this. I, I, I love my kingdom men. I love the men. I love the male species. But you have allowed some men, not all, you have allowed society to define your sexuality. You have allowed society to define who you are as a man. How many women you slept with. How many men you may have slept with on a down low. You have allowed society to define you by raping young girls, young men, human trafficking, pedophiles. You have allowed society to define your sexuality by the men that's more and more being caught with bestiality. That's never has been, never will be God's desire for the man's body. The man's body is created for marriage for that one woman, that kingdom woman, for the art of love. There are some marriages that will never procreate. We are to be fruitful and multiply, but there are some marriages that will not bring forth a child. But that doesn't mean that the love and the art of love and the art of love making is absent because that was God's design that he gave to us as human beings. Society has taken that art that God has given and defiled it. He has defiled it. Man has defiled it. Woman has defiled it. And now it's defined as how many can I have and what can I get away with? That's why you need to make a covenant with your eyes that you will not look upon a maid to lust after her. If you see a woman, if you're a kingdom husband and you're married, your wife is at home. That's who you need to be lusting on. And women, you need to prepare an atmosphere that he lusts over you when he get home, that he can't wait to get home. But that's when I'm getting to the women. I'm gonna talk to you about that. But for right now, men, you need to be lusting after your own wife not anyone else, not any young girls that are, are below age. If she's below age, you should see her as a child because that's what she is. If she's somebody's wife, you should see her as that, as somebody else's wife. Kingdom men, God is calling you. Verse seven, if my step has turned out of the way and my heart walketh after my eyes and if any blot have cleaved to my hands when your step turns out the way and you are out of position kingdom man and you begin to walk in the way of your eyes you are headed toward destruction Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You are headed toward the destruction of Satan 
to kill, steal, and destroy your marriage and to finally destroy you as a person. Well, why do you say that? How many men have lost their life behind somebody else's wife? Got shot behind somebody else's wife? Or venereal diseases that have overtaken their body because of somebody else's wife? Or how many marriages have been destroyed because a wife has gotten pregnant by a man that is not her husband? You cannot allow yourself to be taken out of position. Kingdom husband, stay in position even after you marry. Stay in position that God is head of your life, head of your home, and that your mind is, is the mind of Christ. Number nine, if my heart have been deceived by a woman, or if I laid wait at my neighbor's door, then let my wife grind unto another and let others bow down upon her. For this is a heinous crime. Yea, it is an iniquity to be punished by the judges. God said it's a heinous crime. And when you stand before God, and every last one of us will, we will one day stand before God and give an account of everything we have said and done. And every woman that you have looked at in a lustful way, you are going to have to stand before God and give an account. Every adultery thought that you have. And let me, let me put a pin here. Kingdom men, adultery is not just what you do physically. You can have an adulterous relationship in an emotional way. If you are confiding in a woman at your job more than you confide in your wife, kingdom man, you are committing adultery. If you have a girl on the side that you would rather spend more time with than your wife, and it's just, it's just platonic, you're committing adultery because if you, the two shall be one flesh, anything that should be exposed, anything that should be transparent should be with your wife. And if it's not with your, <laughs> and if it's not with your wife, it's an adultery because your wife should be your best friend. Your wife should be your best friend. And anything other than that is adultery. And when you go over into that adultery, physical relationship, physical affair, now you've taken this body and sex being the only, the only sin that you commit with the body. Now you've taken this body and you become one with somebody else. And then you go back to bed with your wife. And now you brought another woman into your bed. And the scripture says marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled, but homeowners and adulterers shall be judged. So you're going to be judged, kingdom man. You're going to be judged. And you can't say, I couldn't help it. She was so beautiful. You can't say, well, she understood me because my wife don't understand. You know, that's a line that most men give, you know, my wife, she just don't under, understand me. 
Have you talked to her? Have you sat down and talked? Well, she won't listen. Okay, write her a letter. Okay, well, she she well then send her a text, send her an email, fax her, <laughs> record it, let her know what's going on. Amen. And then pray. God, I just wrote this letter. I just sent this fax. I just sent this text message. I need for my wife to understand me, God, because I want to be a kingdom man. I am a kingdom man. I have the man of Christ. I don't want to commit adultery. And this woman at my job, she's looking at me, God, and she looked good. And I think I want to talk to her, but that's the flesh. So I'm going to come back to the spirit and I want to stay with my marriage. I need you to help me. You think God's not going to hear you? Because you're being honest with God. You have to lay transparent before God. David did against thee and the only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest. When I sinned with Bathsheba, I sinned against you, God. And we say, well, she, she, she sinned. David sinned against Bathsheba. Yes, that was the act of the sin. But the sin committed originally was against God because God said no. Kingdom man, kingdom man, make a covenant with your eyes. Okay, so here we go. Ready? Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I cover my eyes and I make a covenant in my eyes and I will not look upon a woman to lust after her. I will not look upon a maid to lust. I will not, God, I make a covenant with you. Do it every morning, every morning when you get up. Every morning when you get up, make a covenant with your eyes. Then take a picture of your wife. And when you want to look at a, another woman, look at your wife. Women, you want to send some shot across the internet, send it to your husband. Baby, you know, I'm just thinking about you today. You know, so I'm just going to see you. I can't wait till you get home. Bring that love back into your marriage. You did it when you was dating in the world. That's well, that's what the world do. Well, now you're married. You can legally do it. Have fun with it. Amen. Love on your husband. Kingdom men, love on your wives. Let them know you love them. And if you've got problem loving, tell God. God, you know, I really got a problem loving her. But you said, God will honor you. I would rather that you make a sacrifice on this earth to love a woman that you have difficulty loving than to go to hell because you didn't love her. Mm -hmm. And you treated her with disrespect and you dishonored her and you cheated on her because you're going to hell. You're going to hell. Number 15, last one. Number 15, a kingdom husband is satisfied with her body to love him. Okay, I'm going to say that again. A kingdom husband is satisfied with her body to love him. Turn with me to Proverbs, the fifth chapter. Kingdom husbands. When you married her, and we're going to assume that you married a kingdom woman, her body was good enough for you then. And if she's had your children, 
You should be thankful for every stretch mark, every extra weight that she's put on her because she had your children. If she didn't have your children and you married her and she had somebody else's children, you should be satisfied that she did what God said, multiply and replenish the earth. Kingdom husband, love the woman and the body that you married. Love the woman and the body that you married. Proverbs, the fifth chapter, 15th verse. Drink waters out of thine own sister and running waters out of thine own well. A true wife, a kingdom wife, is a refreshment to her husband. A kingdom husband will get his refreshment from his own sister. Here's the deal. Men, you can have sex with a different woman every night and enjoy it. But your wife is the only woman that you can have sex with, with no, sh no shame or guilt. She is the only one ordained by God that it's okay. So if she's the only one that is ordained by God, that okay, she's the only one where true satisfaction can come. Now you may say, well, she doesn't satisfy me because you're looking for something else. But if she's a woman that is married to you by God and the two shall be one flesh, then she is your God-ordained wife, your God-ordained body. She is commanded by God for that, for that act of intimacy, and no other woman can do it. No other woman can do it. She may be prettier. She may have a nice, her body may be nicer. She may do flips and cartwheels or whatever else. But your wife is the only one that there is no shame or guilt that you can be intimate with and stand before God and God is pleased. And if you're a kingdom husband and you have the mind of Christ, your heart desire will always be to please the Lord. And if she's not pleasing you, then you go to God and you tell God. God, I want to honor you. I want to obey you. I want to please you. I don't want to go outside of my marriage. So I'm going to ask that you would come upon my wife, do something, God, because I'm not pleased in the, in the area of intimacy. And I want to be God. And let God deal with it. You let God deal with it. What's wrong a lot of times with our marriages is that we take things into our own hand and then we're headed for hell number 16 let thy fountains be dispersed abroad in the rivers 
of waters in the streets. When you have a healthy marriage and there's healthy intimacy and the children are healthy, the neighbors see it, the community see it, and it's dispersed abroad because people are blessed by it. Number 17, let them be only thine own and not with strangers and not strangers with thee. Let your wife only be yours and not strangers. Number, number 18, let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of the youth. Let her be as the loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and be thou ravished always with her love. That's what God said. That's what God wants from the kingdom husband. Your satisfaction should come from your wife and your wife alone. And as a kingdom husband, if you're not getting that, you go to God. You let God handle that situation. You let God deal with your wife because God will send some woman into her life because the scripture says, let the older women teach the younger women how to love their husbands. God will send a woman into her life to teach her if she doesn't know. God will allow her to come across a book or something that will teach her and she will begin to change because you trusted God. Number 20. And why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord and he pondereth all his going. God sees everything that you do. He sees every thought and knows every thought that you think. And he ponders it. Your sin is against God. When you sin and you go with a strange woman and you go outside of your marriage, it's a sin against God. Verse 22, his own iniquities shall take the wicked himself and he shall be holding to the towards for your sin. It's a sin. Verse 23. He shall die without instruction. And in the greatness of his folly shall he go astray. Now you're destroyed. Remember earlier we talked about Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You follow that way of wickedness. You follow that way of the strange woman. And you will go astray. You will be destroyed. And just because you divorce her and you married that woman that you run after, remember, you're going to be held accountable. And when you stand before God, he's going to ask you about that first wife. He's going to ask you about that second wife. He's going to ask you about that third wife. He's going to ask you about that fourth wife. And you're going to have to give an account. Get it right, kingdom man. And if you haven't done so, and I don't know who I'm talking to, but if you've been married more than once, 
and you haven't gone back to that first wife to say to her, I'm sorry for how I treated you. I'm sorry for the abuse, the mental abuse, the physical abuse, the emotional abuse, the financial abuse. I'm sorry. I wasn't a kingdom man. I wasn't a kingdom husband, but I am now. And God has convicted me and I'm coming to you and I'm asking you to forgive me. Please forgive me. And then you bless her. I bless you. I bless you with a healthy marriage. I bless you with a God-ordained marriage. I bless you with a healthy home. I bless you with a man that can love you the way you should be loved as a kingdom woman of God. And then when you stand before God, kingdom husband, and you give an account, God will say, well done. Because you went back and you asked forgiveness and God says he's take our sin and he cast it as far as the east is from the west and he remembers it no more. And you got it right with God. See, this is not about getting it right with the woman. This is about getting it right with God. Because the time is short and he's coming back. God is coming back sooner than you think. But maybe later than you want. But every day that passes, God has given you an opportunity to repent and to get it right, kingdom husband. Thank you, King Arthur. God bless you. God has given you an opportunity to get it right. So let's go into prayer before we take communion. And after we take communion, I'm going to take prayer requests. So, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you. God, I know that there are so many men out there, Father, who are listening or who will listen either now or in, in the future, who say, I want to be that man. I want to be that kingdom man, but I've messed up so bad. Or I don't know what it's like to be a kingdom man. I don't know how to be a kingdom man. I don't know how to be a kingdom husband. I don't know how to love my wife the way you require for me to love my wife. Father, I pray that they would search your word and that they would desire your word to be live in their life, that they would have a oneness with you, that God, that you would put them in position. That's the first step. Put the men in position to be a kingdom husband to their wives. And God, if they've committed adultery, if they've committed sin against their wife, if they've abused their wife in any sort of way, they would go to their wife and ask forgiveness. If they've been married several times, that they would go even more than once, God, that they would go to their wife and say, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for my part. I, I, I can't speak on you. I can't judge what you did. That's between you and God, but I'm coming to you and I'm asking you to forgive me for what I did. And so, God, I ask a conviction to come upon the men that listen to this, to this message. Have a conviction to come upon them, God, that they want to get it right with you. Because these marriages represent you. You being the groom and the church being the bride. God, the husband is the groom and the wife is the bride. And the husband is supposed to represent the love that you have for the church. 
So, Father, I pray in the name of your son, Jesus, that tonight does not go to a close without a man going to his wife holding her in his arms and saying, honey, I'm sorry. I haven't been the husband that I should have been to you. The way God ordained, not the way your mother said or my mother said or my homie said or whoever else said, but the way God ordained because now he's getting in position. He has the mind of Christ. He wants to be that man of God and not his job that defines him and not his house that defines him or his 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 position that defines him or his bank account that defines him none of that defines him except he stands before god and he decrees and declare that i am a kingdom husband and that's what defines me so god i ask this in the name of your son jesus christ of nazareth move upon the hearts of your husband move upon the hearts of these husbands move upon the heart of your sons these men dear god who are struggling these men dear god who really want to know what it's like to be a kingdom husband and to walk in it and the wives who have longed and waited for their husbands to step into position so by the word of god by your word dear god i decree and declare right now in the name of jesus that every man that desires to be a kingdom husband, that right now you step into position. And if you've got to stand up and you got to take a step, stand up and take a step as a symbolism that I'm stepping into position. I'm stepping into my kingdom position as a kingdom husband. I'm stepping into my kingdom position as a kingdom man. I am answering the call of God to be a kingdom husband. I'm answering the call of God to be a kingdom man. I'm answering the call to be holy, to be righteous, to live in purity and sanctification. I'm answering the call to be an upright man, righteous, a man of valor. I'm answering the call today in the name of Jesus. Father, I decree and declare it across the nation, whoever hears this, whether you hear it, whether you see it, all of it, a part of it, a portion of it. I decree and declare that any man who hears this, God, that his spirit will be quickened and that he would be willing to say, yes, Lord, I surrender to you. I give it all to you, God, to walk in your way as a kingdom man. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.